Hi everyone, welcome to Ancient Heroes. This is Patrick Garvey. Today we're going to be ranking the seven wonders of the ancient world in order from the least impressive to the most impressive, in my opinion. And before we get to that, it's the 50th episode of the podcast. Some of you might know that a few years ago, we actually did a few other episodes of the podcast, but I started things over again at episode one um, during COVID because the format changed and we had taken some time off. But this is the 50th episode of this iteration of the podcast. So I just wanted to say, first and foremost, as we close out 2023, thank you to all of the viewers and the guests of the show who have come on. I really appreciate all of you. It's a great experience getting to do the podcast, and it's awesome to see that thousands of people out there are listening to the show. Occasionally, I do get questions about how many people listen to the show, and I took a look at some of the metrics recently, and we're over 80,000 listens um, so far for the podcast, and I also took a look at ancientheroes.net, where I post articles related to the podcast and just other content um, about the ancient world, and that has had over 500,000 views on ancientheroes.net over the years. So it's all just organic search. I don't do any advertising. I don't have any sponsors, nothing like that. So it's all word of mouth and search. So if you like the podcast, uh, please give it a rating uh, if you've been listening this year uh, or tell your friends or or family about it, people you think might be interested. Um, I also, a few months ago, uh, mentioned that there would be an announcement coming soon that I was really excited about. I'm not ready yet to get into the details about it, but what I can say is that I've been working on a book for the last couple of years, a novel, a thriller novel that I think viewers of or listeners of the podcast are going to be really excited about. Um, Like I said, I'm not going to go into details yet. The book is 95% written. We're just in the editing process. At this point, I'm working with some really good professional editors on the project. I'll be getting a cover design soon, things like that. It's really just going to be a fun Indiana Jones-type adventure book with some ancient history and mysteries thrown in there that I think you all are really going to like. And um, that will be coming out sometime in 2024 unless there's some kind of unforeseen issue or publisher really drags their feet or something like that. I haven't gotten into that um, aspect of it quite yet to see whether it will be, whether I'll be self-publishing it or whether a publisher is interested, but that, that will be coming soon and I'll be releasing a book trailer hopefully soon. So I'm really excited about it. I think you are going to love it. So I didn't want to, I did want to follow up on that because I mentioned a few months ago that I was working on something. Um, So all of that being said, let's jump into ranking the seven wonders of the ancient world. So the episode today is based on an article that I just posted on Ancient Heroes, so you can check it out there as well and find most of this information. Um, But, okay, so when I talked to Michael Dennis Higgins a couple episodes ago, who wrote The Seven Wonders of the Ancient World, Science, Engineering, and Technology, I mentioned that I've always been fascinated with these seven wonders since I was a little kid. I think the, the idea of a list of the top wonders is always something that captures people's imagination. And this this list of seven ancient wonders is in many ways the original viral list 
Um, now we have articles and things like that all over the internet, top seven this, top 10 that, whatever. It's all kind of based on this formula. Um, so uh, the context of the seven wonders list is really important. We have to remember that this is not a modern list of the seven most impressive things from the ancient world. Sometimes people wonder, well, why isn't the Colosseum on the list or the Great Wall of China or the Library of Alexander as just a few examples? And usually it's because they didn't fit within the context of when the original list was made. And it was developed in Hellenistic times and it was only encompassing the known world to the Greeks. Um, which was the Mediterranean world and, and large parts of the Middle East and Mesopotamia and that kind of thing. But the Great Wall of China, for instance, was not known to the Greek to the Greeks. And a lot of the Great Wall of China was built later, um, after the Hellenistic era. The Colosseum is a, another example. It was built hundreds of years after the Seven Wonders list was originally developed and... Uh, the Library of, Ale- of Alexandria is an interesting one because I think people rightfully know that it was an influential place of learning in the ancient world. But the reason, as best we can tell, that it wasn't part of uh, the list of the seven ancient wonders is that there wasn't anything about it that was super impressive from a visual standpoint of a traveler. And that gets us to kind of what the list really is. And it was basically a list of things to be seen. That's the direct translation of the earliest list, things to be seen. So it really was after, after Alexander the Great conquered a lot of the known world, most of the known world in the fourth century BC, it opened up more travel and access to the Greek scholars and writers of that era. So all of a sudden, they could more easily travel to Egypt or even at uh, places in the Persian Empire and across Greece and things like that and see more of what the world had to offer. And that's when this list of seven wonders really uh, became solidified or at least was developed, although there were a few changes over the years. Um, but so it's basically a bucket list. It's a list of if you if you have the capability to travel far and wide, these are the things that you would want to see in your lifetime. Um, so uh, that might help answer some questions about why certain things are on the list or not on the list. So I'll give the most uh, canonical list, so to speak, of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And sometimes there's a couple variations, but um, this is the seven wonders list as it came to us. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon, the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus, the Statue of Zeus at Olympia, the Mausoleum at Halicarnassus, the Colossus of Rhodes, and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. So let's jump into ranking those. And I'm going to start out with the least impressive to the most impressive, don't, please don't get offended or bother too much. They're, all, they're already all on the wonders list, so they already have some quality about them that makes them that, that, that made them uh, included, but I am going to rank them anyway. So number seven on the list, I have the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. So a more accurate translation than Hanging Gardens is actually the Terraced Gardens of Babylon. And I should say, for a lot of this information that I'm going to be giving to you all, Yes, a lot of research online, but also um, from Michael Dennis Higgins' book, The Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. 
Um, so more accurately translated as the terraced gardens of Babylon. So basically from the ancient descriptions, these were lush gardens that were on this terrace, different levels rising up, kind of like a theater, like an amphitheater stadium, um, or at least a partial stadium rising high in the air. Um, now, the, you may be wondering why I have the Hanging Gardens listed at seven on the list, at last on the list. And that's really because there's not a consensus on whether or not the gardens even existed at all. There's also not a consensus on where they were. So although we know them as the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, scholars have suggested that it was more likely that they could have been in the Assyrian city of Nineveh. So because these cities, Nineveh, Babylon, etc., were so far removed from um, where the from Greece, basically, we don't have as as much verification about them actually existing or what they were. We do have some descriptions, but we don't have corresponding descriptions from the Babylonian sources, and they haven't found any definitive archaeological evidence of where these gardens would have been. So there's a lot of questions around the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, and that's why I have it at number seven. But the descriptions tell us that the gardens spanned about 120 meters on each side, and that a Syrian king had them constructed to impress one of his mistresses who wished to see the lush landscape where she was from. So it was all done to impress a mistress, um, potentially. And one of the interesting engineering aspects of the gardens would have been that there needed to be an advanced irrigation system in order to get the water from the mountains or the rivers, wherever the garden was actually located, to be able to maintain a very lush garden in that kind of landscape. Next on the list, we have the statue of Zeus at Olympia. So this was a ivory and gold statue, a, quite a large statue, um, 13 meters in height, and it also had precious stones on it. It depicted Zeus, the king of the Olympian gods, sitting on an elaborate throne, and it was placed inside of a temple at the sanctuary of Olympia, where the Olympic Games began. Um, so this would have been a really uh, profound sight to many who would come into this small temple. Um, at least it was small relative to the size of the statue, which took up a large part of the temple. And according to some of the ancient critics, they said that if Zeus were to stand up, he would hit his head on the ceiling. So the scale of the statue and the temple didn't quite match. It was almost like the statue was sort of um, squeezed into the temple. Um, so it would have left visitors in awe because they would have come into a temple that didn't have it was only natural lighting, dim lighting. It wasn't illuminated. So this glittering gold statue was meant to seem godlike and evoke that mystical sense. Um, so many people were quite amazed by the statue. The reason I have it at number six on the list was because the biggest reason is that it just didn't reach the same scale as the other as the other seven wonders. It was the smallest in scale. And there was some ancient criticism of the statue. And like I mentioned with um, 
the size relative to the temple it was in, and there were some other criticisms as well from a few writers. And I I should say, since uh, six out of these seven wonders no longer exist, we do have to rely a lot on these ancient accounts. So some, some of these things are a little bit subjective, and we only maybe we only have one or two descriptions of some of these wonders. So we are relying heavily on those. Number five, the Colossus of Rhodes. So this was a giant bronze statue of the sun god Helios, who was the patron saint of the Greek island of Rhodes. A pupil of Alexander the Great's personal sculptor designed the Colossus of Rhodes, and we don't know exactly what it looked like or even exactly where it was placed in Rhodes. We just know that it was likely near somewhere near the harbor, although a lot of depictions have placed it in areas that uh, a lot of paintings and things have placed it in areas that are unlikely. But they have not found the archaeological proof of where the Colossus of Rhodes actually stood. In terms of its size, it was 33 meters high, which makes it a similar size to Lady Liberty of the New York Statue of Liberty. So if you think of the Statue of Liberty, just the figure itself was about a similar height to the Colossus of Rhodes figure. The platform beneath the figure with the Statue of Liberty would make it quite a bit taller. Um, So just looking at the statues themselves, they were similar in size. Um, So this was a very imposing presence. It was put up as a monument to commemorate a war that the Uh, people of Rhodes, along with the Egyptians, won against the Macedonians, and it was erected in 280 BC. But the reason it isn't higher on the list is that it it wasn't um, around very long intact. It collapsed from an earthquake less than 60 years later. Now, I believe they kept it up to some extent or may have tried to repair it at different points, but I don't think it reached the same status as it did initially. So it was only around for, uh, in its original form, for about 60 years. Number four, we have the mausoleum at Halicarnassus. This was a large temple-like structure that was built as a tomb in the 4th century BC for Mausolus, who was a powerful satrap of the Persian Empire, basically a governor king of the Persian Empire. It was a rectangular structure. You can imagine something like the Parthenon or or a temple like that, but elevated quite high off the ground. And it was covered in different um, levels of intricate sculptures. And this is the reason why I have the mausoleum at Halicarnassus above some of the other wonders that we've been talking about, is it had over 400 marble figures that were crafted by a team of the top Greek sculptors of that era. So they basically brought in a dream team of the top sculptors and architects and artists to come in and make this tomb the most incredible tomb in the Mediterranean. And uh, other than the pyramid that we'll be talking about later, it really was the largest, most impressive tomb of that era. It stood for around 1,500 years um, from the 4th century BC until a series of earthquakes destroyed it after the 12th century AD. So it was also, it was a very solid structure that lasted a, a long time. 
Number three, we have the Lighthouse of Alexandria. So the lighthouse reached a height at its peak of more than 100 meters, and it was the second tallest of the wonders behind, behind the Great Pyramid of Giza. It was also one of the longest surviving of the seven wonders, standing from, in one form or another from the 3rd century BC to as late as the 5th century AD. The lighthouse, as you'll remember from the episode with Michael Dennis Higgins, was also called the Pharos. And it was the only uh, it was the only wonder that had that was built primarily for a practical strategic use, and that was to help guide ships to the port at Alexandria, which became one of the major hubs of the Mediterranean. Um, so, the reason I have it at number three and not any higher uh, is that it was the last of the wonders to be added to the list, and we talk about this some um, in my episode with with Michael Higgins, but. One of the reasons, I, I, I'm speculating here, but it's possible that one of the reasons that it was left out of the original list of Seven Wonders, it could be because it was built the latest, so it was kind of the newest, or it may not have been built when some of the lists were being initially developed, but it also may not have had the artistic and creative um, qualities of some of the other wonders because it was built primarily as a practical uh, a practical sort of tool um, as a lighthouse. It didn't necessarily have the same kind of, it didn't necessarily leave the same impression as something like the mausoleum did with all of these sculptures and intricate carvings and things like that. So Lighthouse of Alexandria at number three. And you can, I did a whole episode about that. So if you want to go back a couple episodes, you can learn quite a bit more about the Lighthouse of Alexandria and how it had different iterations over the years, different versions, what it might have looked like, things like that. Number two, I have the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. So this was the largest Greek-style temple in the ancient world. And it was, by all accounts, an incredible sight. It was made of white marble. It stood 18 meters high and had a footprint approximately four times the size of the Parthenon in Athens. So if you think of the Parthenon, it's one of the iconic ancient structures in existence. And it's, it's quite massive standing there above Athens. The Temple of Artemis was much, much larger. Um, and it had many, many more columns and it even had sort of a skylight in the middle of it. Um, the, the middle of it was open. Uh, there was a circular opening, like creating sort of a courtyard in the middle of the temple. Um, and so the reason that I have it at number two on the list is really primarily based on the eyewitness testimony about how amazing it was. In 140 BC, Antipater of Sidon compared it directly to some of the other wonders. And I'll quote him now. I have set eyes on the wall of lofty Babylon, on which is a road for chariots, and the statue of Zeus by the Alpheus, and the hanging gardens, and the colossus of the sun, and the huge labor of the high pyramids, and the vast tomb of the Mosolus. But when I saw the house of Artemis that mounted to the clouds, those other marvels lost their brilliancy. And I said, Lo, apart from Olympus, the sun never looked on aught, and on aught so grand. So... It's a bit of an awkward quote, but basically Antipater of Sidon saw many of the wonders that we're talking about and believed that the temple of Artemis 
was superior to all of them. So that's pretty powerful testimony coming from an ancient source about how amazing the Temple of Artemis was. So that's why I have it ranked so highly on the list. And then number one, we have, of course, the Great Pyramid of Giza. So this to me was uh, the easiest to rank. It was built much, much earlier than all of the other wonders. It was built around uh, 2570 BC as a tomb for the Pharaoh Khufu. And it is, so it's by far the oldest by nearly 2,000 years of the seven wonders. And even though it's the oldest by 2,000 years, it's also the only wonder that's still intact and would be recognizable by the ancient people if they were here today. Um, it stood 146 meters tall, higher than any of the other wonders, including the Lighthouse of Alexandria. And it was the tallest man-made structure in the world until the completion of Old St. Paul's Cathedral in London in the 13th century AD. So that's pretty incredible that this pyramid was the tallest man-made structure in the world for that long. Um, and, you know, if any of you all follow the news about uh, discoveries coming out of Egypt, they're still finding hidden compartments that they didn't know about in the Great Pyramid of Giza. Um, so that's how large it is. It's still inspiring a lot of mystery today and speculation about how it was built and all of that kind of thing. So the Great Pyramid of Giza, we can't top that. That's number one on the list. And like I said, if you want more information about it, you should check out The Seven Wonders of the Ancient World by Michael Dennis Higgins, or you can check out this article on my website, ancientheroes.net. So thanks a lot for listening. I hope everyone has a happy New Year celebration, and I'll probably take a few weeks or even a month or two off the podcast while I finish up the book that I was telling you about. Um, so until then, uh, be well, and I look forward to more episodes in 2024. Thanks. Thanks.